Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. So what I want to do is talk to you today about working with your faith, all right? Working with faith. You've got to work with faith. You cannot work against it. You must work with faith. I want to do a, a quick review of some of the things that we went over last, uh, last, last time I ministered to you. Rather than using clever and persuasive speech, we must rely only on the power of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be able to tell somebody just because you got your degree from Memphis State or from Harvard or from wherever you got your, that, that God's working and he's blessing you. Baby, that ain't it. God is not interested in that. He's glad that you got it. He's glad that you accomplished it. But when you come to him, you're going to have to rely on him. Your degree can't get you into places that, <laughs> where faith can. There are people that I know that got degrees much stronger than mine, but they come to me for advice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Yeah, right. Go figure. They know more than you. They're more educated than you, but they come in here and they sit down. There's some doctors in here. There's some lawyers in here. You want me to point them out? But they're sitting there and they're listening to me. Am I bragging? Heck No. I'm telling you that God, he, he blows the mindset of most people. Yeah. That, that's, that's a scripture, but it's living proof. And you all who are really more educated than I am, explain to me why I'm up here talking and you listening. There's something going on that's bigger than you. There's something that God has invested in me that he wants to pour into you. So it's not in persuasive speech. Clever words that I'm using. No, it's the power that God is demonstrating how his spirit is using me. You understand? I'm a practical person. I want you to get stuff just down on your level. So sometimes I have to shake your suitcase, your mindset, and get you to stop thinking that you, you know, you got so much going on. Say, you know what? I don't know nothing. Nothing but Christ himself. And when you get to that point, you're ready to grow some man. Because what I do under the anointing, the anointing gives me the ability to operate beyond the natural realm. See, you may have a lot of knowledge, but your knowledge ends at a certain point. Well, yours end, mine's just beginning. Because I rely on supernatural stuff. When I don't know God, you got to help me. Back to that, super, that, 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 that flea market thing. I know, Jermaine, just, just hold on with it. <laughs> He'll like, go with another story. But they are true. This one woman... I, there, when I went to school, I realized that different solders, solder that you can use that solder mellow together. You got soft solder, you got medium, you got hard. Well, this one woman's ring that I was working on, somebody put it together with some soft solder. I didn't understand that. So when I put that heat to it, that ring fell apart in my face. What was I going to do? I looked up at that woman, and she looked right back at me. What did I say? Lord, if you don't help me, I just messed up. Heck, if it worked before when that woman rain went all the way across that building, it's got to work now because I'm in desperate need now because this is an expensive rain. I know I don't have enough money to pay for it. This I know. So she sat there and she folded her arms like, I'm not going nowhere. I was hoping in the spirit that God was doing the same thing. I am not going nowhere. And I, I said, I got this one. I said, I got this. She said, I know you do. I said, yeah, you know. And George just turned over and started working on some watches. 
I don't know if you're praying in the spirit or what, but I need all the prayer I can get at that time. My legs were shaking, but I didn't let her know it. And I was like, Lord, just, just help me, God. Help me, Lord. And some kind of way, I didn't have enough tools to put stuff together, but some kind of way, things began to work out for me. And it began to come together. And it got, when I got to the finishing point, I looked at this thing, I'm like, this thing looks good. So when I got through with it, I cleaned it off, I polished it up, I said, this thing looks real good. And she got it, she looked at it, she expected it. I have a little glass. I just, she said, give me that eye. I gave it to her, she was all down on it, looking at it and stuff like that. She said, this is better than it was before. I said, yes, ma'am, I know that. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was the Holy Ghost in me that was teaching me how to get things right. What am I saying? Baby, you going to mess up in life. You going to miss the mark. And unless the Lord help you, you going to go down for it. That's why you got to keep your faith in him. Once you start working this thing on faith, you got to keep it moving. You can't let it set still on you. You can't get one mountain conquered and say, okay, that's it. I'm through. That's enough. No, you're going to get into some more trouble. You hear me? You all are going to get into some issues and some situations where you're going to need your God to bring you out. It's called trials. It's called tests. Anyway. All right. So, oh, look at that. When trouble of any kind come your way, not if, but when. See, you think because you are a Christian and you start operating your faith, you get close to God, there should not be any issues in your life. But the issues are definitely going to come because they're going to make you grow up to the stature that God called you to be. That's why faith requires works. Faith without works is dead. Some of y'all are in the same condition and you're losing your marriage, you're losing your home, you're losing your children, you're losing your car, you're losing your finances because you won't work. You won't put faith to work. Therefore, God can't do nothing to help you. He told Isaiah, he said, unless you stand firm in your faith, I cannot help you. Yeah. Unless you stand firm, unless you do something, God's hands are tied. Yeah, yeah. He cannot help you. The only way God can help you is that you must come to him in faith. He that comes to God must believe that he is God. And not only that he is God, but he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You got to want this thing so bad that when you really go after it, your faith will catch you and pull you on. So when troubles of any kind come our way or come your way, consider it a great opportunity. It's a great chance. It's great joy. How many of you in trouble right now? Don't raise your hand. Just look straight ahead. According to what God said. So you ought to take this as an opportunity of great joy. Yeah. Pastor, you don't understand. I'm in some stuff now that I, there ain't no joy in it. It may not be any joy in it, but there's an opportunity for joy to be in it. The opportunity that has presented itself means this thing is bigger than me and I can't do nothing with it. So there's an opportunity for my God to manifest himself. It's my opportunity for the unseen to become seen. You, you don't hear that, do you? 
is an opportunity for him to show himself strong in my life because I can't do nothing with this. This trouble, this trial, this thing that I'm going through is too big for me. So God, I am so excited that I don't have to rely on my own strength. I am so excited that I can hit my knees and I can say, Father, to my hands, Father, my hands, I stretch out to these. You're the only help that I know, God. That's an opportunity now. Because you just reached from earth to heaven, and now you're going to pull down the anointing, the power that you need. So you got to consider a great job. Stop giving up. This society, we have gotten so quick to give up, so quick to quit. My goodness, where did that come from? When you were created in his image and his likeness, God never quits. He never starts something that he cannot finish. So don't quit so easily. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Endurance. You got to be able to put up with something. When you was in the world, you put up with more in the world than you can do now in church. You come to church and can't nobody even sit in your seat. You can't endure nothing. No, I sat there last Sunday. I, I sat here every first Sunday. You don't come on the third the second and the fourth, you come on one Sunday and you expect us to hold your seat for that Sunday. And when somebody sits in your seat, your endurance is so short, you go back to what you used to do. Now you're mad. You're ready to cuss somebody out in church. Anyway, I'm going to leave you alone because some of y'all know that's you. Some of y'all probably said something ugly this morning when they told you to move over. That's why we have gaps in the seats because folks don't want, I don't want to sit there. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Usher said, could you please sit here? They, you know what this means. You've been in church long enough to know what this means. That means come here because I'm going to set you right here. That's what that means. That means come here because I'm going to set you right here. You come to that corner and you know they point right here. You're going to sit way back there. And you got that expression on your face, don't mess with me. I come out here, I said, why the people ain't sitting down front? Why we got so much space? And now people got to cross over people because that's your seat. And now when somebody want to get crossed over you, excuse me. Sir. And now you talking about they stepping on my shoe. Well, you should have put your shoe in the middle seat. All right, that's just one of my pet peeves. I'm sorry. Let me go back to the word. But I'm just showing you how we do in somebody else's house. All right. Next time the usher come up and tell me, I'm going to activate my faith. I'm going to come over to your house. And I'm going to put my feet up on your couch. I'm going to see how you're going to act. Since so you come to this house and do what you want to do, I'm going to come to your house and do what I want to do. I'm going to eat your green tomato potato. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Your lamb and your ram. All right? Their loyalty, watch this. Another thing that I talked about is that the people in this day of society, their loyalty is divided between God and the world. That makes you unstable, baby. Whenever you get to a point where you still want to have one foot in the world and one foot in the church, your loyalty is divided. You can't make God happy and the world. You can't shake hands with the devil and with God. Your loyalty is divided. You got to be either for God or for the devil. But see, we as Christians, we want to play it in the middle. 
And God said, I ain't going with that. Why? Because that makes you unstable. Well, God, I don't mind being unstable. God said, I know you don't mind being unstable, but it makes me look bad. I'm your Lord and your Savior. I've given you guidelines and directives. You're making me look bad if I let you get away with what you're doing. So therefore, I've got to step back and let you decide. Now, guess what? I'll still be here for you because I'm the Lord thy God and I change not. If you don't want me, I want you to go after what you want, put all your faith into what you're going after, and then decide if you want me or you want that. Because he knows that at some point when you go after the devil, you're going to see the devil for what he really is. The reason why y'all are here today? Because you saw the devil. And he didn't look good. Mm-hmm. You saw what he was taking away from you. You saw how he was trying to destroy you. Oh, he's invisible. You didn't see him. But you saw the results of running with the devil. Mm-hmm. Some of you right now, you know the results of running with the devil. That's why you're in church today. Teach me something, Pastor. Help me, Pastor. And that's what he called me to do. Whenever the people of God in Israel days cried out to God, God would send them a deliverer. Because of your cries, I am here. I don't put a lot of confidence in me. I put my confidence in Christ. Because you know what? I'm, I'm creating the flesh just like you. And I pray that he keep me from falling. So that you guys won't falter in your faith. So it's bigger than me. I'm not here on my own. I'm here with him. Amen. All right, let's go a little bit farther, okay? Everybody got that so far, right? I'm just getting into what I'm getting ready to teach this week, and it's 12 o'clock. But uh, <laughs> we're going to try to get, get, get some of it. All right. So watch this, James chapter 2, verse 14. From the New Living Translation, faith without good deeds is dead. You got faith, but you don't have no works. Your faith is dead. Not any use. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it in your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? You say you got faith. I believe in God. The Bible said the devil believes and they tremble. So what makes you different? If you don't activate your faith, if you don't do nothing with your faith, you're no good. Let me break it down to you so you can actually see what he said. Next. In other words, Suppose you see a brother or sister who is in need of prayer and you say, I'm going to pray for you. But then you don't do it. What good did that do? Now, that's not scripture. I wrote that. So when you go to your Bible and look for it for a scripture, it's not there. But I use this terminology as what God was telling me to bring it down to where you are. How many of you, don't raise your hand, ever told somebody, I'm going to pray for you? You just pass, oh, they said they're going through something. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. You on Facebook, you say, I'm going to pray for you. You see them in past, I'm going to pray for you, but you don't never do it. What good did you do to lie to them? Why you lie to them? 
Why you do that? Why you tell them you're going to pray for them and you didn't do it? Heaven and earth was waiting on you to manifest God's glory, but you didn't do it and you lied to that person. You had that person walking away thinking that they was going to get prayed for by you and you didn't do it. You made yourself a liar. Stop telling folks you're going to pray for them and then don't do it. You put heaven on an alert status and you let him down. Faith without works is useless. It's useless for you to tell somebody you're going to pray for them and don't do it. You are the ambassador to your father's kingdom. You are the righteous, and the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And you won't do it. Oh, I feel the guilt. Oh, shake yourself. Let it off. Let it go. I can feel it. Uh-huh. You're thinking about the people that you told you're going to pray for them and didn't. Well, stop right now. Say, Father, Father, all those I said I was going to pray for, I'm praying for them now. You know them, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Simple as that. God know all of them. Heaven is still waiting on you. Just do it. See, y'all don't understand. When you can repent, God, dog, that, is the most blessed, that is the most blessed thing that God could have gave us. He didn't give the devil an opportunity to repent. He gave it to us. That's why the devil looking at us is so mad at us because we can repent. We can change our mind. You know what? I did that, but it was wrong. But God forgive me. And God said, it's done. It's done. It's all over. Some of y'all still operating in some things that God's already forgiven you for. You won't even let yourself go. (laughs) You condemning yourself. And God said, well, what's wrong? What's wrong between me and you? Well, God, back then, he said, "But, but you asked me to forgive you. And you came to me in faith. I've already forgotten it. But you're here still regretting it. Let the thing go so we can move forward. You have eternity to be with me. You have a life that you have to establish. Let's get with it. The Bible says if if your heart condemns you, God is greater than your little old heart. And he knows all things. He said, I know you didn't mean it when you did it. Keep going. Faith is not enough. And most people think that. I got faith. I got all I need. No. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and what? Useless. If you don't use your faith, it is useless. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying that all of you in here have some issues. Your issues may not be my issues. And unless you use your faith to get over your issues, it's useless. All the power at your disposal is useless because you won't use it. Most of y'all don't want to fight the faith fight. Most of us. Sometimes, let me tell you the truth. I don't always feel like fighting. I promise you, and I'm the preacher. And I'm telling you, sometimes I don't even want to, I don't even want to pray about this. One. God, you're going to fix it. You just fix it. I don't even want to talk to you about this one. That's the enemy. Enemy. He's in the me. He caught me at one of my weak spots and one of my weak moments when I don't even want to talk to God about it. Have you ever been there before? You didn't even want to talk to God about this. God, you're going to fix it. You just fix it without me because I'm tired of this. Well, that's what the enemy want to get you. He want to get you at a point where you don't even want to talk to God. That you feel like you're so dirty, you're so low down, you're so messed up 
that God don't even want to hear from. My children, I love them. And when they mess up, they think, I don't want to hear it. But that's when I want to hear it the most. I want to hear you come to me and say, Daddy, I need some help. Come to me in a pure heart. Now, if I'm an earthly daddy, and I want to help my children out of their mess, what do you think about your heavenly father? Some of you can't get over past relationships. Some of you can't get over hurts. Some of you can't get over the scars that you, some of you can't get over the self-inflicted wounds. You did this to yourself, and you're still holding yourself accountable for it. When God said, come to me. Come to me so I can help you fix this so we can move on with life. Everybody's watching the Christians, and the Christians are faltering and losing at the, at the finish line. And God said, but I gave you enough strength to keep you going. You shouldn't mind people watching you because you're not going to fall. He said, I'm able to keep you from falling. Watch this. True faith. How many of you really have true faith? True faith will transform your conduct as well as your thought pattern. If you really got faith, you can't sit here and tell me that you're still strung out on drugs, you're still watching porn, you're still letting your marriage go to waste, you don't have no finances that won't come together. You, you can't tell me all that if you really got faith. Because that's what faith is for. The stuff that you... Most of you all in here, and I'll talk about this in the first part of the year, but you're addicted. Some of you are addicted to drugs. Some to lust, some to just having your own way, but you have some to food, you have an addiction. You hear me? What we call it in church world is bondage. Some of you are in so much bondage right now that you can't allow the truth to manifest. That's where faith comes in. Faith comes in and releases you from that spirit of bondage. It is a spirit that faith has to release you from because you ought to watch it in your life. We call it in the church world seasons. There's a time when you get tempted, that season of temptation or that season of bondage or that spirit of bondage come in. When you were walking up straight, you were doing good. But all of a sudden that spirit or that bondage or that spirit of bondage comes in and you want to do wrong. You want to let yourself go. That's when you need to grab a hold to your faith. Your advanced information that you receive from God and act upon it. God, you said sin shall not have dominion over me. And that spirit of bondage gets loose right at that point. But it's not gone. So you got to fight. And most of the time it's just, I'm going to tell you the truth to help you out. Most of the time, it's just for an hour. That spirit can't last long under this word. But you won't give it that hour. That's why Jesus asked his disciples, will you not tarry with me for one hour? Will you not fight this thing just for one hour? Use your faith for one hour. Have some endurance for one hour. And you're going to watch that. You're going to come over and you're going to come through. The devil got you thinking that this thing is so strong that you've got to do it right now. Yeah. You've got to go in and mess up. You've got to smoke that joint. You've got to watch that pornography. You've got to hit that. You've got to do that. You've got to twist that. You, gotta, you know, you, it, that's a lie. Yeah. 
when God gave you faith for when? Now. Now faith is. So I'm, te- I'm teaching and telling you this because guess what? Your day going to come again. And if you can just fight for one hour, use your faith, get your scriptures, and start confessing these scriptures to yourself, I've been redeemed from the curse. I'm above and not beneath. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Any tongue rise against me and judges shall be condemned and proven to be wrong. What you doing? You're cutting up. You're fighting the spirit. You're building some endurance up. You're getting stronger. You're coming back on your feet. But because you don't want to do this, you watch the enemy take your finances, your marriage, your children. I know. I'm fighting the biggest fight in my, uh, uh, not the biggest fight in my life, but a big fight right now because I'm believing God and I'm going to shut my mouth up. Because every time I sit here and use my faith to tell God that I'm in, in, in that season where I'm telling God I'm making all this confession about my children and everything going good and everything going good, but when the attack comes and the attack is right in your face, you say the wrong thing. When he told you, I've given you the ability to call those things that be not as though they were. For six months, I was saying all these good things, but one second in my weakness, the enemy came up. And then, you know what? You just get on my nerve. Oh, really? That's why he said, don't give no place to the devil. If they get on your nerve, mama, daddy, sister, brother, shut up. Don't say it. You're in faith right now. You're fighting. You're fighting for your life. This is spiritual. When things are good, they're good. But when they go south, they go south. And you you better be a warrior who can hold his ground, shut his mouth. You have the right to remain silent. Because anything you say can and will be held against you. There's a court of law. There's a court of heaven that's going on right now. Hallelujah. Where the devil has pleaded his case, and you're going to sense it when your time come up. When your court date comes, and the devil drags you before the judge, you better learn to shut your mouth. Because really, in a court case, when you got a lawyer, you don't supposed to say nothing. Your lawyer has to say it all. And your lawyer is Jesus the righteous, your advocate. So when you got your back up against the wall and you fight and, 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 and that, that child or that, that ex-wife or whoever that is coming up there talking all that noise, just shut up. I don't believe I can do that. You are made in his image. Jesus did it. He said when he stood before them, Pilate and all the, he shut his mouth. This man got all the power. He could tell Pilate, drop dead, and it would happen. But he shut his mouth. Sometimes you got to learn just to shut up. Just shut up. And I am practicing that. I'm trying to learn to shut up. And I don't know them words that just come out. I just feel it and they just, if it come up, it comes out. I've got to have some control over myself. I'm like, boy, where's your self-control? Good. I got a little daughter. And whatever come up, it comes right out. Bloop, there it is. Today you can't say that. Oh, well, it's out there now. <laughs> and it's always somebody else's fault for bringing it out of her. Sit down there today. Don't say that. Look straight ahead. All right. Keep going. So true faith will transform our conduct as well as our thought pattern. Some of y'all thought patterns are so messed up. 
That's why the devil keeps finding place to tempt you and to try you because you hadn't done nothing with this. Use your word. Use the faith, the advanced information God gave you, and put it on your mind. Whatsoever is lovely. Whatsoever is of good report. Think on these things. Get all that crazy mess out of your life and stop listening to the television. There are so many subliminal messages in that that you wonder where all them curse words come from and you thought they was out because you've been listening to all them rap songs, you've been listening to all this crazy stuff, and they putting these words right back into you. Yeah. Young people, you didn't use a curse like that. The older you get, the worse you get. You put more stuff in your head. You listen to too much craziness. That's foolishness. The Bible says foolishness before God. But you got to make a choice. If your lifestyle has not changed, your faith is useless. It's going to hurt you. But if you're still living the same way you were living last year, your faith is useless. You're in the same mess. You're in the same shocking situation. You're in the same situation that you were in last year, and you haven't produced. You don't even have a better car. You don't have a better prayer life. You don't have no more people on your side. You got to look at you and make a decision right here, right now, with your faith that next year this time, that's going to be a big change. It's going to be a change for the better. I'm going to have some things, and I'm not going to be borrowing, 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 borrowing. I'm going to be lending and lending and lending. This, this, thing, this thing in my life is going to work because the word I know works. I'm going to be better next year than I am this year. Okay, so y'all watch. I challenge my faith because my faith challenges me. If I had this this year, then my golly, I'd go from glory to glory. So next year, I ought to be doing better. Well, Pastor, you're after things. No, I'm not. Things have already been given to me. I'm after a better relationship with him. And when I get a better relationship with him, things just start coming my way. Things are a rewarder from God. When my kids, they show me that they love me, I give them things. I got a little granddaughter. Me and her be setting odds with each other. And I think I'm instigating a little bit because I treat her just like she treat me. She come in and she, I say, I say, uh, Callie, give, give me a hug. Callie? Callie. So when I see her, now she's what, two, three? I'm what, a little bit older? <laughs> so I'm in a child's world trying to manipulate her mind. And my wife laughed at it all the time because they know, and all my, my family loved ones said, she just don't like you, dude. I said, I don't like her either. And I said, wait a minute. So I start to learn, say, now this is a three-year, I know how to win a three-year over. You know, God, I just didn't want to. That's what we do. We can win it, we just don't want to. So what I did the other night, she came in. I said, Callie, come get, come get Papa a hug. She just sat there and kept playing with her other stuff. I pulled out about three, four dollars. I said, you want some money? Money? Yeah. She wanted to know what I mean. I started to put it back in my pocket and said, you ain't getting nothing. <laughs> but I went on. I gave, I gave it to her. She knows she was with me. I went on and gave it to her. And she hugged me. She was glad I gave her a little money. I said, like, I'm not going to buy no three-year-old. I ain't doing it no more. I had to catch myself. You know what? She's a three-year-old. 
And if grandpa got a winner with a dollar bill, what is that worth? I've got my granddaughter. What am I saying? You do the same thing. You do the exact same thing. You pick and choose what you're going to use your faith on. You pick and choose which battles you're going to fight. Some battles, you know what? You say, you know what? It ain't worth me because I don't want that marriage nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I can use the word, and I can use the word and say that this is my wife and I. We're going to submit ourselves. We're going to do this. Huh, but I don't want to do that. I'm tired of that. Anyway, I'm going to let that go because there's a new one out there. Well, you're the same old person. And when you get you a new one, you're going to have to go back to that word because the devil hadn't changed. You don't realize it's the devil fighting you. It ain't your mate. It's the devil. And we got to wise up. Some of us just don't want to fight. You just don't want to fight. It's too much to fight. Uh-uh, that's, that's going to cost me too much. How much is it going to cost you if you refuse to fight? God gave you faith to win battles. If you choose not to win the battle, where does that place you? Think about it. I know y'all don't want to hear this stuff. I know it. I know it. I just want to come in here. It's just see the holiday season. Can I hear a Christmas message? Mm-hmm. No, you need to learn how to handle life. So you can stop walking away from things and stop giving up on stuff. Have some endurance. And people look at you and say, yeah, you look like you're blessed. When was the last time somebody just walked up to you at a gas station and said, you know what? You're blessed. When was the last time somebody asked you, what, what do you do? How do you do it? Because that is the biggest witness that God's trying to bring through you. He's trying to set you on high so that people come and ask you, but you went to school with me. How did you get there? Oh, oh boy. I know it's time. I know you're ready to go. One, two, three, four. I got only four more slides. Well, y'all ain't coming on Christmas, so what? Your faith requires work, baby. If it's not God's fault, it is not God's fault if you don't put in the work. He gave you faith. Now you want to make him work it too. Mm-mm. That's not God's responsibility. You got to use your faith. If you don't use your faith, you're going to lose a lot of stuff. The thing that God has brought into your life for you to fight for, you will lose. The Bible said that those disciples were out on the lake with Jesus, and they were in real danger. And if they hadn't done nothing, Jesus probably would have walked the water, but they would have drank it. So they activated their faith in Jesus, realizing Jesus said, look, you had the faith to do what I did, but you came to me. Well, it's better than going down to the bottom. Because Jesus would have got up and walked the water and came on out of it and been through with it. But the Bible says they were in real danger. Because they weren't using their faith. When Jesus got up, he said, shut up, be still, storm. And the storm stopped. And there was a great silence. And he turned to them and said, where is your faith? Why didn't you do something about this? 
All the stuff y'all crying out to Jesus about. Lord, do this. Lord, save my children. God said, what are you doing with your faith? How much confessions are you doing over your children? How much pleading in faith and in prayer are you doing, are you exercising over your situation? Instead of praying, God, Lord God, I'm so tired of this marriage. Get me out. Pray, God, do I keep me in this marriage? Keep me faithful. Mm -hmm. I heard an amen over here and I heard one over there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The work comes in through your confession of scriptures, obeying the word of God. And this is the key thing. Most of you, the biggest problem is that you don't want to obey the word of God. You still want to do your thing. Your, your loyalty is divided. You know you can get victory. The word has now, let me see. Let me do just a quick test before I let you go. Who in here has the word has failed? Has the word failed? You use the word and the word didn't work. Come on now. 100% of y'all are confessing that the word works. If it works in one area, why can't we use it in all areas? If he came through at one time in your life, what makes you think that he won't come through every time? He said, he said, I am the Lord, thou God, I change not. If I brought you through once, I will bring you through again. Hallelujah. Mm. That's why your prayer, your prayer is important. That's why the devil don't want you praying. Because you're activating your faith. If you're going to pray, you have to believe there's somebody to pray too. So when you hit your knees and pray, you're telling God, God, I realize you're real. God said, that's all I want. Keep talking to me. Tell me what else. What else you need? What else you got? What else you want? Baby, pour it all out. Pour it all out. Give it to me. Everything you've got. All your hurts. All your wants. All your desires. Give it to me, baby. Pour it out to me. That's what he wants. No, you want to keep your pride. You want to tell everybody ain't nothing happened. And you come to church with your, with your mask on. And then as soon as somebody bump you or rub you the wrong way, you blank it, blank, blank, blank. <laughs> and you don't even realize you're in church. Poor thing. This is the last one. I got three more, but I'm just going to give you this last one, okay? All right, watch this. Well, when does the word don't work? What if it don't work for me, God? What if it's not working? For some of you all, I believe that the word is not working. Yep. And I believe God told you why. You just got to search the scripture and find out why. For as unto us was the gospel preached, as well as to them. But the word preached did not, what? Profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Some of you out here, just like the children of old, they had the word, but the word didn't profit them because they didn't do nothing with it. Some of you know the scriptures, but you won't use the scripture when you get into a battle. You won't use the scripture when, you, when God has told you your life is time to go to the next level. You won't use the scriptures. You try to resort back to your own way of doing things, your own conniving, your slick ways, your hellish ways. And hellish is a word. I created it. You got some ways that's not godly. And rather than you believe God to get over, you use your old ways to get over. You manipulate. You deceive. You lie. You don't need faith because you got a good lie. You don't need faith because you got some, some charisma. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get over on people and you're going to snuggle up to them and you're going to take them out to lunch. You're going to take them out to dinner. You're going to buy them to get what you want. 
You're going to give them your body. You're going to move in with them. You're going to give them a little bit just so they can give you what you want. You don't need faith. The word can't profit you because you're doing what the world do and not what God said. You wonder why your end's not me? Because you're not using faith. The church has to stop trying to get over on people and use the word of God to build people up. I don't have to tell you. Uh, you know what? Let me use something that's close to you and then I'll let you go. I shouldn't have to tell you to give your tithes and your offerings. You ought to know what that does for you. Because if I have to tell you, it's obviously you don't know what it's doing. So you can't activate faith when you don't know what it's doing. I believe I am where I am because I've been tithing and giving. I believe I'm doing what God told me to do, so therefore my faith is at. You can't give without faith. You can't tithe without faith. Sometimes I look at my tithe and I'm like, oh, God, yes, sir. You are blessing me. The world will have me look on, you know what? Shoot, I this is too much to kill. You know, church don't need that. No, the church don't need it, but I need to get rid of it. You don't know how many spirits it breaks off your finances, how much greed it breaks off, how much selfishness it breaks off when you sacrifice something to God. Sacrifice means to kill, to give it up, to let it go. To write it off. I'm gonna take two minutes and we'll give you the last two passes and then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna let you go. So go and get mad at me. I know you're yawning right now. Oh, I can't go through all that. God damn. I'll pick back up next Sunday with it because right here is it's, it's, it's too much right here for me to leave you like that because you got you gotta know the faith in your prayer. Because Jesus prayed for Peter. He knew he was getting ready to go through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Some of you guys can use faith when you know. You know you got somebody getting ready to go through something? All you got to do is stretch your faith and pray for them and say, now, now you know they're gonna, they, they, they might have a mess up, but when they come back, when they get it together, no, they ain't holding nothing against you. Go and strengthen those who you just damaged. Anyway, bow your head. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you'd like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.